Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy Johnny Bananas, and I'm going to be covering a brand new season of the Challenge USA on CBS that, of course, I will be completely dominating on my podcast, Death Taxes and Bananas, on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Head over to that feed and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat, is back. That's right, back on this Friday edition. There's something going on Friday edition of the podcast. And, um, oh, damn it. Natalie got me a watch for the wedding, which was amazing. And just an amazing gift, and I absolutely love it. But I, I have not had a watch ever, a real watch. The the setting of the watch thing is like a, a thing you actually need to do. Do you, do you know that, Troy? You gotta like set these watches. It's like a it's a thing. You let too much time pass. Yeah, you do ultimately need to know the time that it is. That is the point of the watch. That's right. And so far, every time I've done it, I've done it the right way. This time I'm not doing it the right way, and I just messed up and now I have to go all the way around. Oh, and, and the thing, uh, it always says 31 days. So that you always, I guess you always have to do it around the end of the month, too. Oh, what a pain in the ass. That I didn't know. This seems like a fancy, fancy watch that Miss Hatton got for you. It, it was, um, for listen, for someone like yourself, who we know is not into items, yeah, this would be considered way excessive. Um, but I'm I'm just learning the whole process here. I'm doing it as we speak. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, email to discuss. Non um, Barbados suit contest people, a lot of regular email. Plus, gonna read the three finalists and come up with a winner for the Barbados suit contest. Finally, um, and also just some general thoughts. I 
We I got one email that I thought was very thought provoking about uh, MJF and Adam Cole that I wanted to read, and and then beyond that, uh, I also did an interview this week that I recommend to everyone with Charlotte Flair on the K Show, and if you get a chance, go check it out. I think you will enjoy it. Um, you can find it wherever you find your podcast vehicles. Wherever you found this podcast. You'll also be able to find that interview with Charlotte Flair. She was on the press run for WrestleMania. I don't know if you know that WrestleMania is coming to Philadelphia um, in April, and the tickets are officially on sale today. As you're listening to this show, the tickets are on sale. Um, I know that there was a pre-sale earlier in the week, and that was an option for people. Um that I heard was very challenging, shockingly. And like people are asking me about like what to do. And I, I, I've never really been, um, fortunately because of my media time and then working there, I've never been like fully in the scrum for like looking for tickets. And yeah, it seems like a real process. Like this era of getting tickets to mania seems like a real thing. And people were struggling. I, I mean, some of the numbers were super crazy. And a friend, my buddy, asked me, you want to take his whole family? And he's like, I'm trying to, trying to take the kids to WrestleMania. What do you think the best plan is? What should I, where should I sit? What should I do? And, yeah, when he was telling me the prices for things that weren't even very close, I was like, man. And it's two days, you know, which we all see. You know, you think about the benefit of two days for the purposes of watching at home and the purposes of if you're going, not being there all late but what i didn't really think about damn miss hatton you just took my water my water whose water is this whose water bottle is this it's your water it's my water but what could i have maybe my own water but you made breakfast yes but yes. i'm hu- i'm hungry too then go get yourself something to eat i don't know what to tell you not even toss i'm tired of you Asking me for shit. Huh. Huh. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. Nothing. I said. I said. I don't know what to say. <sighs> if you felt like bringing me water, though, I could use some. You know, guys. What'd you say? Sometimes, guys, art imitates life, and sometimes life imitates art. That's why I'm going to bring someone else to WrestleMania. Barry, you want to go to WrestleMania? Uh, no, so I, I did have a the conversation with a friend. He was like, I, don't, I said, I don't know what to do. I said, for me, if I was out here trying to buy tickets to WrestleMania, I feel like I'd be aiming to get seats slightly off the floor because on the floor is super expensive, and if you're back off the floor like you're too far back but on the floor but too far back i feel like that could be a disaster or you end up wait you're on the floor which is great so you but you pay the you pay the floor prices but now you're far far back all right so i'm looking at tickets right now there's a two-day combo pack and there's night one and night two i'm gonna look up right now with you guys what they're what they want for the combo packs Oh, wow. Okay. So a lot of sections are sold out. 
already. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff here sold out. All right, here's some corner ones. Wow, man. All right, a two-night combo pack just off the floor. All right, the back of the floor would get you 4500 a ticket for two nights. 4500 a ticket. But again, that's for both nights. But that's still 10 grand for a couple to go. Now, let's get off the floor and get to the back of the first section off the floor. And so these are resales. Damn, man, the, those those sellers, it's so hard to stop. Oh, these are all resales. These are already all resales. Damn, how fast did all the tickets go? Are any of these tickets up high, real tickets? Yo, bro. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of resale tickets. Yo, I'll tell you what. This is a, a larger conversation. I think I had this conversation with you guys on the show about uh, Janet Jackson. Tickets in general these days have gotten to like, it's just crazy. Like, I don't even know how people do it. How people like just say, I'm going to go see a concert. Like my, you know, listen, I fully admit my privilege here being in the record business. Basically, if there's any act that I'm desperate to see, I can ask someone and get tickets. When I tried to do Janet Jackson and I didn't have that privilege, because I didn't know who to reach out to or how to try to do it. And I looked, I was like, this is insane. And these mania tickets, all these resale tickets I'm seeing are a, a really high prices. No idea. It, I don't. I don't know if that means it absolutely sold out of regular tickets already, or what. But all I'm seeing so far is resale. So let us know. Send us an email, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. If you got in today on the original sale and were able to get tickets, um, I'd love to know what you paid and how you did it. Because I'm looking now, and it looks like there's a scattered couple thousand resale tickets. Everything else looks to be completely gone, not even available. So, man, it's a it's an Interesting situation, trying to get tickets to Mania, especially in Philadelphia, a place with such an amazing history of WWE and also uh, just a desirable location for WrestleMania based on its closeness to the D.C. area and Virginia, how close it is to New York, of course. It's not bad from Boston. Like, it's a very descendable location. If you're in, in England... You know, or any part of Western Europe, the trip to Philly's not that bad. So it's it's a really central location. I'm not shocked that it looks like the ticket sale went crazy today, but that is what it looks like. Um, all right, well, let's get to a little mailbag, which is going to prompt some thoughts. And like I said, go check out the Charlotte interview if you get a chance. Now, mail. The first thing I wanted to read here was. Well, how about how about this one coming right up and in on on our guy Dipperstein? The subject dips bad wrestling takes. Justin writes, "Hey Rocky, maybe you go hang out with your mom." Hey Nat, how about should I give Rocky medicine? Yeah, yeah, you should. She just remembered that she was. You can't forget your character for a second, babe. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should get your ass up out of this table and go get Rocky his medicine. And get my ass up out of this table? I mean, chair. 
Don't be rude. Don't be putting me on the spot. A top heel should be ready to go at all times. I'm not a heel. I'm not a baby face. I'm me. 24-7. <gasps> now you're stealing my catchphrase? Nat, seriously, can you make the medicine? though? No, I need it if I'm going to give it to him. All right, guys. Here it is. Uh, Justin writes... Uh, Dip's bad wrestling takes. Sweet Pete, SUG, and Dip. What is going on with Dip's wrestling takes? On Tuesday's show, he was negative on the bloodline, negative on Edge's promo, lukewarm on Gable, and negative on LA Knight. He also inferred that Vince could affect Cody's career negatively because Cody helped start AEW, despite the fact that Cody has been pushed as the top babyface since he walked through the door. Yet he praises the Young Bucks, who have nothing going for them, their pop is diminished. The ratings go down during their segments. Their physical appearance is Adam Cola Jace, and their matches are heavily choreographed with tons of high spots and little to no selling. How about a little critical commentary of how ridiculous it is that MJF and Adam Cole are on the pre-show versus Aussie Open for the ROH tag titles? How is putting your top guy on the pre-show for titles nobody cares about and then bringing him out five hours later to do another match a good idea? You're taking away the excitement of seeing the number one guy in AEW so that you can help further a storyline. Shouldn't that have been developed on Dynamite, which could have used a lot of help in terms of week-to-week storytelling and overall fan interest? I don't mind out-of-the-box takes, but I don't understand how someone could watch the WWE product right now and be disappointed or underwhelmed at almost everything. The company is so hot that it's even spilling over to NXT, who did almost 800,000 viewers a week or two ago. For a guy who says he loves wrestling and wrestling is great, his entire appearance on Tuesday's pod suggested otherwise. Stay mage, Justin. First of all, I didn't realize, like I said, I was a little bit behind, a week behind. I didn't realize it was a pre-show ROH tag title match. You're right. It does sound crazy that MJF and Adam Cole. I wasn't even thinking. I know this wasn't about me. It was about dip. But just to be real with myself, I, I I can't separate myself from a bad take. I can't believe I didn't spend more time about the fact that they're on the pre-show period. All due respect to pre-shows. You know what I'm saying? I mean, especially the WWE PLE kickoff shows. Especially those. But I can't imagine a world. Can you imagine in a world? Hold on. In a world. No. In a world. In a world. In in a world. In a world. In a world. In a world. Can you imagine a world where they would possibly ever, 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 ever have Roman Reigns or Cody doing anything on a kickoff show besides a backstage interview? Maybe. As for Dip's other takes, listen, I'm not Dip. But listen, are there times when I find him to be lukewarm on everything? Yes. He can't be convinced on LA Knight. I do think people have the right to not be into LA Knight. Just because everyone else is into it, and now I'm pretty into it too. I I understand why he still feels the way he feels about the LA Knight gimmick. And he has the right to feel that way. But when you add it all up, yeah. For a guy who loves wrestling and thinks wrestling is great, he often thinks the only thing that's exciting is stuff that's done like it's 1990. Like when I said the thing about they're randomly kind of throwing Sami Zayn with Cody Rhodes, he's like, I like it. Because that sounds like what they did with baby faces in 1988. Ryan writes us also. 
male. Pablo Picasso famously said, good artists borrow, great artists steal. The fame of this quote doesn't necessarily make it true, but the point Picasso is making, I believe, is when you make a knowing or winking tribute to the greats, it comes off as either a remix or an act of reverence. But when you act full-blown like the first person doing it, you look like a damn lunatic, a.k.a. a great artist. The first wrestler I noticed night ripping off was Ric Flair, specifically with his promo cadence. He goes back and forth between grinning douchebag vibe and then addresses the camera with some explosively overemphasized turn of phrase. He randomly yells phrases like someone seriously off their meds, often while pointing at himself or the camera. It's straight Ric Flair. And Knight's pretense of originality is so delightfully irreverent, it's like he invented a new way to be the ultimate heel. If Dip doesn't find it compelling that a naturally charismatic wrestler is doing an irreverent one-man drag show with respect to the drag community in tribute to multiple wrestling greats all at the very same time, then Dip, Dip is simply not channeling that rage into the appropriate desire to see this man get punched in the face live each week on national television. Stay mage. No, another good one there. I really think that you could... There's so many ways to consume the LA Knight thing. I think I think him being a a, a, a heel and someone you, you're waiting to see punched in the face totally makes sense. I do get the feeling of hating him. That makes sense. And yeah, his look is weird. You know the the, the short shorts and and tight vest and all of it's odd. But man, I I don't understand how Dip doesn't at least pop just off that LA. You know, I don't understand. I admit I, I'm popping every week when I hear it and I see the, and I see the crowd react. I'm in that, I'm in a space. That's really what took it, took it there for me. I, I, I started to pop. It was less about popping for L.A. Knight and more about popping for how the crowd received L.A. Knight. As I sip the coffee I st that I stole from Ms. Hatton. All right. More mail. M -m 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 mail. Maynard says, here's how the bloodline should proceed. The elders hold a ceremony for the arrival chief, a recoronation of sorts. But just when Roman thinks he's going to be celebrated again, he insists he instead gets a tongue lashing from the elders and kicked out of the bloodline, an expulsion, if you will. The basis is that he has shown himself to be an unfit leader as he should be uniting the family, but instead has caused the family to fracture and fight against each other. So he is out. Solo is named the temporary steward of the bloodline. Devastated, he asks for advice from the wise man and finds that there is a way back. He has to reunite the family, sacrifice, and then prove himself worthy again of being the tribal chief. This begins Roman's hero's journey. I have a whole second part to it where Roman eventually has to choose between getting the title of the tribal chief back or retain the Universal Heavyweight Championship. Enjoy yourself, and congratulations once again, Maynard. Thanks, Maynard. Good, great guy. And uh, by the way, not mad at the idea. Keith Harrington writes us. M -m 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 mail with just a few days to go before Gunther likely breaks the record for longest IC champ reign of all time. What has you more excited? 
Is it no longer having to hear the ridiculous phrase, the record of the honky tonk man ever again? Or is it the possibility honky tonk man comes to Raw and smashes? Um, with a guitar. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm rambling. Keith Harrington. So, so I'm glad you brought up honky tonk man. Dip has mentioned before the 1986 honky tonk man before he turned heel and i've been watching wrestling challenges recently they're, they're kind of my favorite thing to watch they're like it's it's practically gorilla monsoon calling a match with someone often heenan sometimes not then a then a weird cut of just different segments it, and lots of kent resnick ken resnick interviews <laughs> who by the way Resnick kind of underrated as a good WWE interviewer from that era. What's Ken Resnick up to? So anyways, I was watching an old episode and they had Honky Tonk Man as a babyface, including a cutaway of Hulk Hogan putting him over. I think we've discussed this once before. And Honky Tonk and, and Hogan's like, let me tell you about the Honky Tonk Man, brother. This guy's something else he could shake rattle and roll you like i mean it was we, he's putting over honky tonk man and the version the baby face version of him is is so awkward it's like it, instead of feeling like this caricature musician character that honky tonk man became which was still ridiculous but it was like kind of specific ridiculous He's just like an, a ridiculous mockery of what an old school wrestler is. He's like running around the ring all crazy and out of control. Oh, it's awful. And his only look is these weird male stripper like. um, uh, What are they called again? God. I, I, I woke up recently. I, I did the morning show. I went back to sleep. I woke up suspenders. Weird ass suspenders. It's weird. He looks like a, a, a Chippendale. Ken Resnick served as an interviewer for the AWA and WWF. Prior to working in wrestling, he worked in PR and marketing for the Calgary Cowboys, was the media information director for the Minnesota Fighting Saints, and a sales manager for Chrysler, sports reporter for KTTC in Rochester, Minnesota. So in 1983, this is interesting. While covering a celebrity golf tournament for KTTC in Minnesota, Resnick interviewed Vern Gagne. Gagne was looking for a replacement for Gene Okerlund and offered Resnick the job shortly thereafter. Resnick remained with the company until April 86, with his final appearance coming at R Wrestle Rock 86. Prior to the event, Resnick appeared in a promotional music video for the show entitled Wrestle Rock Rumble, blah, 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 blah. Following his departure from the AWA, Resnick planned on returning to Chrysler. However, his friend Blackjack Lanza convinced him to interview for a job with the WWF, and he joined on May 1st, 86. His final television appearance as a WWF announcer was on March 14th, 87. Resnick served as an announcer for the Ladies Professional Wrestling Association in the early 90s. In 96, he hosted the American Wrestling Federation syndicated TV program. In 2012, he returned as an announcer for traditional championship wrestling. In 2018, he became an announcer for Ring Warriors. 
a show that airs on WGN America and Amazon Prime Video. He was on the American Gladiators live tour. He did roller derby. Oh, my God. Personal life. And this is Wikipedia, guys. You don't know what you get on Wikipedia. He and his mother lost their life savings in a Ponzi scheme run by a former friend. Wow. And there is an article referenced in that. That you didn't know you were going to get a Ken Resnick life update today. That's why you turn into the Friday something. And some of you are going, who's Ken Resnick? He's the blonde guy from the mid-80s doing interviews. Anyways, that's why I really enjoy, though, these these challenges, uh, these challenge wrestling challenge episodes. They're just such a random combination of things. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Trevor. Big email. If you actually- nope. Mail. Major ones loved hearing all the flowers for Chad Gable on Tuesday's show. I agree he should win gold, and I think it should come at Gunther's expense. If Chad can beat Gunther, that obviously puts Chad over, but it also creates the next step for Gunther. He's largely been dominant and arrogant, but not underhanded during his IC title run. Losing to Gable, so close to breaking Honky's record, sends him into a rage leading him to become a more ruthless and, dare I say it, underhanded cheating heel Gunther that will do anything to win. He can go after the IC title. Uh, The next PLE is called Payback, after all. Or this newfound super heel will do anything to win, goes after Seth and is the one to dethrone him. While I'm here, I'll book it all the way to Philly, where we get Gunther versus Brock Lesnar for the world heavyweight title. What are your tees? Love everything you said, Trevor. Love it. That makes a lot of sense because you're right. Gunther's a character, essentially, when you really think about Imperium, it's really just sort of old school look. They're foreign bad guys. You know, like they're like kind of nerdy and not nice, I guess. But yeah, they don't really do anything to be outright heels. So... Him going full-on legitimate bad guy works. Um, who is this? Male. Brandon writes us. Big shout-out to the trio's champion, Sweet Pete, SUG, and Dip. Watching the Cody and Judgment Day feud the last couple of weeks, what if this is all setting up to Cody getting a dusty finish? Seth and Shin feud for a bit while Cody battles what seems to be Finn and Dom. And when it's said and done, we get Cody and Seth four at Survivor Series for the strap. 
Cody goes over, finally finishes the story, and cue up Priest Music, who comes out and cashes in on Cody. Just like his dad, Cody holds the belt for a few minutes before having it taken away. This would also give Priest a dom level of heat when he comes out on Raw after having stolen the title from the babiest of baby faces. What are your teas, Chris? Honestly, I think that's good shit. Now, it would kill you. Like, for Cody fans, which is basically everyone, it would kill you to see him get the title in his hand and then lose it immediately, just like the story with his dad. But would it be Mage? Oh, you're damn. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm getting that, by the way. In public and on, like, phone calls to my radio shows, like, I'm at, from wrestling fans, I'm getting, yeah. It's a dip better p- prepare. Also, I don't, did I share on Tuesday that, Troy, did I share on Tuesday that I lost my wallet? Has that been shared? I did, because we talked about the pants, right? Pretty sure Troy has left the podcast, folks. Pretty sure Troy has left the podcast. That's unfortunate. Another heel turn for Troy. But yes, I did talk about it because a, a gentleman, a lovely gentleman, sent me a email. Yes. Gervais. Gervais Brown, a.k.a. G.A. Brown, has a company called Nobody Dies a Virgin. Let's look at their website, including, he has a website, nobodydiesavirgin.com. And he said he has some sweatshorts with zip pockets he wants to send me. I like what he's doing. I like what you're doing, G.A. Brown. Stuff is pretty cool, man. So I'm going to check out these shorts. You were going to send me the ones that say unvirgin on the bottom. Maybe I like the other ones better that just say NDAV, although those ones are a bit louder. Either way, I like the general style here a lot, though. Go check out um, Nobody Dies a Virgin. See if you like the stuff. Because I, like I like the look. I mean, listen, having unvirgin written on my leg is aggressive. No doubt. No doubt. But I do like the design of the shorts quite a bit. So good for you, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to check these out. So, yeah, I still haven't found the wallet. Nothing's come in the mail and no one's used the credit cards. I mean, this is screaming. It's sitting in the house, but I, I, I could not find it. The fact that nobody has used it at all really makes me feel like. I mean, I guess there's a chance someone just emptied the wallet and took the took the wallet. But don't you think if you're the kind of person to empty the wallet and take it, you're going to try to use one of the cards at least once? Because you'd be able to use it once or twice. Anyway, so maybe I'll run into it still. I'll keep you all posted. I know everyone's waiting with bated breath. What will happen? Will he find his wallet? This is a storyline in and of itself. What if part of Natalie's heel turn, she has the wallet? All right, let's take a couple more. Mail. Chris writes about uh, L.A. Knight and says, Greetings, gentlemen. We've all heard the comparisons to Rock and Austin, but here's one for you. The let me talk to you obviously fills the place of, finally, The Rock has come back as part of the promo. But I remember another guy who would start his promos by saying, let me tell you something. Is let me talk to you, let me tell you something, a Jace? 
Also, plain bagel, toasted, scrambled, egg, cheese, bacon, a little bit of Tabasco and mayo. Love you guys, Chris. Who else would say, let me tell you something? A fire marshal bill? Am I am I missing this? That's all I remember. Am I forgetting a, a wrestler who used let me tell you something? But yeah, it does give finally the rock has come back to vibes for sure. All right. Mail. All right, then so, someone, uh, Andy sent a picture of where, I, where Timbaland looks like me. That's right. The rapper and producer, Timbaland, looks like me. Interesting. Not what you expect. Rest in peace to Magoo, by the way. Male. First time, long time. Uh, this is Rob. After hearing Jimmy's explanation Friday for costing Jay the tribal combat match, Jimmy super kicked to a kneeling Jay makes even less sense. Peter said this last week, but the kick felt like a step too far at SummerSlam. And now even more so after Jimmy said he did it to save Jay from getting corrupted. I agree. If that's his reason, why not just pull Jay out of the ring to stop the pin at SummerSlam and not super kick him? It still costs Jay the win, but without physical harm. Plus, Roman looks just a little stronger getting a win with less help. That's what I thought, too. When was the last time Roman won a singles match without interference, by the way? Was it against Riddle back in 2022? They also could have had Jimmy not reveal himself at SummerSlam. Then this past week on SmackDown could have been about Jay getting suspicious of Jimmy and knowing deep down who did it. The next week, some camera footage or a bad alibi confirms it was Jimmy. Week after that, Jimmy gives it the same explanation we got two days ago, but it makes a little more sense. Then WWE could probably tell the same story from that point on, which I assume is that Jimmy really is jealous and hurt by Jay's single success. What are your teas? fantasy book the bloodline story for the next six months are we getting the fatal four-way is jimmy j at mania who is roman facing between now and philly these are all the thoughts i have all the concerns everything's right there there's a lot of time between now and mania and while i do think we could get jimmy j at mania you know between now and then there's so much to do and I just don't understand how people thought that was the logical explanation. I mean, I guess we'll find out it's not the real explanation. Um, man, there's a lot of emails here still, guys. I love you guys. Seriously. Here's uh, one more. Mail. Uh, Nick says, gentlemen, I'm going to cut right to the chase. LA Knight needs his own. It doesn't matter. My suggestion is it makes no difference. For example, what is your name? It makes no difference what your name is. <laughs> I kind of think leaning into the Rocket Jays thing is fun, and they should just go all the way with it. What do you guys think? It makes no difference what you think. Stay mage and enjoy yourself, Nick. <laughs> that would be going very far into it if they went to it makes no difference. Oh, no. Wrestling news. With a, a bad headline, Cash Wheeler is facing one count of aggravated assault with a firearm after being arrested on Friday by the Orlando Police Department. The Orlando Sentinel reported the news. Wow, that's not good. Aggravated assault with a firearm. That's not what you want to read. God, and just reading that story makes me mad again that MJF is... And Cole are worried about the ROH titles. What are we talking about? That is crazy. MJF shouldn't even care about ROH. He doesn't. He thinks it's mid. 
Aussie Open? It says here on Wrestling Inc., MJF and Adam Cole challenge Aussie Open for ROH Tag Team titles on AEW Dynamite. Either way, oh, this is from August 9th. Okay, so plans change. Either way, it just, it is a weird, that is a weird thing that I'm now thinking about. Um, all right, let me hit you guys with this, uh, with these potential winners, or one of these will be the winner. Give me your thoughts. Here we go. Um, contestant one is TJ. He hit us with Miss Hatton returns home from Iceland, realizing something feels different. Witnessing the eruption has caused a realization. As she walked in the door and her husband asked mockingly, did you miss me? She thinks enough is enough. It's time for a change. A few days later, during a taping of Cheap Heat, Natalie calls for the mic. Miss Hatton, Peter, I have something to say. I've had enough. I'm tired of being overshadowed. I'm in helicopters, flying drones, making magic. You just talk. I'm a real creative artist. I'm tired of being mocked for my family's dialect of Hebrew. I'm sick of the big talk about Saturday when you jump on the cock. It's going to feel huge. Peter, well, Miss Hatton, you're just on the pre-show of the pay-per-view. Get over yourself. Peter, meekly under his breath. It's called a premium live event kickoff show. Miss Hatton, whatever. I'm tired of you making fun of my catchphrases and hogging the spotlight. I want to be the star. I am the people's choice. I should be aligning myself with people that agree. Peter, what are you saying? Natalie, say goodbye to Miss Hatton. Say hello to Dip Hatton. Peter turns around to see the wedding gift from Dip with a big X spray painted over it, thrown on the floor. In its place is an actual blown-up photo of Dip and Natalie by the pool. Cheap heat, civil war. Natalie, will you miss me? TJ, I like it. It's short. It's to the point. It includes multiple pieces that matter. I dig it. You get to the core of what this whole thing's about. So we'll see how TJ does. Entry number two comes from Robert. No chance but to miss me is the title. Cheap Heat starts week after week with no Natalie. Rosenberg tries to call her to speak to the people, but she's always busy, always on location. No time for peckerheads. One episode of Cheap Heat begins, but it's just Natalie on the mic. Cold open. The last year of my life began as a windy road. I've been above the lights and to the moon and back, and I've achieved everything I set out to do in this business. Legendary photographer? Check. Greatest dog mom of all time? check hell i even took peter's last name and made the name rosenberg the most desirable i changed the game i made my presence on cheap heat can't miss i evolved into the real me as miss hatton i main evented exhibit after exhibit closed deal after deal but what did that get me a two-minute guest appearance on the number one sports rec podcast that i've helped stay at number one not enough so i left this podcast and i discovered i didn't need this place this place needed me but i'm not your miss hatton I am the true and living, the one and only. The question isn't, hey, guys, did you miss me? Of course you did, you idiots. You had no choice but to miss me. The real question is, when am I going to save this podcast from Philadelphia Gregory Nostat and Brian, the one who managed to age out of a 35 and 35 participation trophy and is still clutching it like HBK at WrestleMania 12? The answer, consider yourself saved. Mic drop. Heal Natalie in full effect each week. Rob Carrington. I really enjoyed that promo. I really did. Philadelphia Gregory no stats is wild. 
and Brian, the only man who managed to age out of a 35 under 35 participation trophy and is still clutching it like HBK at WrestleMania 12, is also mage. That is contestant number two. Um, all right, let's get into number three. Last one, guys. Sweet Pete, the Mighty Statless, and the Prince of Dipper Lago. All right. Here it is. He also says that he is he's, he had the original email with the idea of Natalie turning heel in the first place. He says, uh, on Tuesday, I was at the summer residence in Miami Beach. Um, oh, no, he, he's just explaining how he got there. Okay. All right. First, this saga would start four weeks before the wedding. On your Hot 97 show, Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice would come into the studio and talk about their new single from the Barbie movie. Nikki would bring up your hatred for starships jokingly. You would retort something tongue-in-cheek, doubling down but letting it go, and saying, Nikki, it's all love, and talking about how much you guys have grown, blah, blah, blah. Somewhere throughout the interview, you would make a comment about your upcoming wedding, and Nikki would say something like, I love your wife, she's the best. This would be interesting to you. Almost taken aback, you'd say something like, you know Natalie? I didn't know that. And Nikki would say something coy, like, ha-ha, there are many things you don't know about your wife. She would play it off jokingly, but Nikki would respond and say, of course I know your wife, and point out some type of travel or other indicating factor that never made public was never made public, to which you would say, wow, I didn't know you guys knew each other like that. That's amazing. From there, you wouldn't think much about it. Then, on a few episodes leading up to the wedding, Natalie would be asked for a guest cameo and bring up Nicki Minaj. She'd say things like, actually, I was just texting with Nikki, and she said, blah, blah, blah. Again, slightly puzzling, confusing that you didn't even know they spoke like that, but not really making any headway just planting little seeds but what we don't realize is each week natalie becomes more drunk with the power of being the public eye and each week we hint at her disgust at her diminished cameo role on cheap heat then the day of the wedding comes and after seed after seed and seed has been planted you and natalie would be at the altar dip statless booker mvp mark henry and amber rose would all be in the front row the rabbi would ask do you take this woman to be your wife? To which you stop him and say, we wrote our own vows. You would tell Natalie how much you love her, need her, and how every time she goes away, you miss being with her. The rabbi would ask, do you take her hand? And you say, yes. Then the microphone would go to Natalie. The rabbi asked, do you take this man to be your husband? To which she hesitates. You laugh at first, thinking she's playing around. Then she hesitates longer and even longer. And you and those in the crowd start getting uncomfortable, restless. Then the door opens. In comes Nicki Minaj, her husband, academics. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. She has a husband. It wouldn't work for TV. Kanye West and a group of henchmen. They hit the area. Nicki takes the mic, looks at Natalie and says to you, do you want to tell him or should I? All of a sudden, the henchmen attack you. The attack guy, they, they attack stack guy. They attack Amber Rose with Nicki screaming, you made me a star, Amber, and takes her out. Dipperstein takes a punch as well for his association with Amber. Bodies are laying everywhere, beaten up by the henchmen. Your dad is inconsolable, and the chaos takes over. And as the beating continues, and as we realize in this very liberal but ambiguous 2023 storyline that Nikki had her eyes had her eyes set on Natalie, possibly romantically, possibly just because Natalie wanted the spotlight, the henchmen hold up a beaten Peter Rosenberg, and Nikki gets on the microphone and says, Starships has landed. F that bullshit. After they punch you in the face repeatedly, <clears throat> you scream at Natalie. I love you, Natalie. I need you. Please don't go. I'll miss you. Don't do this. To which the henchman holds you up and Natalie says, you, you miss me? You miss me? 
you don't get to miss me. I miss me. She gives you the final punch, laying you out, and Nikki's whole stable starts to walk out of the wedding venue. In one final look of horror, Bear and Rocky and their little tuxes stare at each other, and Natalie yells, come on, Rocky, let's go. You two aren't brothers. You're just stepbrothers. Rocky runs off. They leave, and the camera pans to everyone laid out in the chaos of the wedding. End heel turn scene. (laughs) Wow. Did you hear that? You didn't hear it? Wow. Real life heel Natalie just walked in. So that's it. That one is from Justin. Justin Wolk. That is uh, number three. So I sent these to Dipperstein and Stack Guy Greg, all three. Stack Guy Greg, uh, I'm sorry, Brian Dipperstein, I should say, voted for that one. He voted for number three. Stack Guy Greg, of course, being the professional that he is, broke it down to a fine powder. He gave scores for each. He gave number three a four out of 10. He said, it's entertaining, but it had way too much going on, way too many guest appearances. Seeing Kanye and Nikki felt like random. Um, like when Horace Hogan joined the NWO. <laughs> Why are they here and getting so much screen time? Who needs that? Why are we getting the cheap heat invasion angle? And as much as I enjoyed three, I agree with SGG too much. As for number two, SGG says it gets a seven. It needed more, which is unfortunate because they cut it short, but I needed more before that cold open. I do like the concept of listeners tuning in one week to hear that Natalie took over, but would have liked to see that story of that takeover fleshed out more. Top-tier concept, but falls just short on the execution. And contestant number one, SGG gives a nine. It feels like they know us the best. It does the best job of capturing your voice and mixing in wrestling references. Big pop for you correcting Natalie under your breath saying it's a premium live event because you definitely would do that. Um, so I enjoy one and two quite a bit. Um, because SGG... Obviously, three is out. I'm sorry, Dip. Dip liked three. Both me and SGG, while well, we I liked it, just too much going on. SGG gave two a mediocre score, which means if you combine the scores of the three of us, both SGG and myself were really into TJ, making TJ the winner of the John Varvatos suit and the Natalie heel turn contest has finally come to an end. Congratulations, TJ. Send us your size, and we will take care of you. Nat, you didn't even hear this one, did you? I don't even want to hear this. Honestly, from the few that I read, it's all trash. It's garbage. How dare you guys try to be like me? No one is like me. I am a a one-of-one, and this contest is stupid. I don't know who came up with it. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. Well, all right. There you have it. Congratulations, TJ. Good job, man. And I know I read a lot of good ones uh, with varying degrees of greatness. Um, This one is definitely simple, the, the TJ's, but it's short, simple, and entertaining. Has some laughs. I dug it. So congrats, TJ. Drop me a line, and we'll take care of you. 
Um, shout out to SGG and to Dip. Next Tuesday, we have a big show. Uh, we'll be just a week away from payback. Wait. Yeah, that's two weeks from tomorrow. So we'll be less than two weeks from payback. And we'll also be, it'll be the go home episode before all in of which there'll be a lot of things to talk about as well. So we'll break that down to a fine powder. A couple of people sent me some really good messages uh, comparing Bobby Heenan and uh, Paul Heyman. I appreciated those as well. Anyways, I got to go off to the, to the summer residence now and try to find this impossible to find wallet. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Truly appreciate everyone who joined the contest and truly appreciate everyone who listens to these Friday episodes. Troy the Goy, uh, you're a great man, even though you left us earlier. And uh, SUG and Dip, stay mage. Uh, and enjoy yourself, guys. In the corner to my left, the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.